Welcome back, everybody. This is Bob Gilligan of the Catholic Conference of Illinois, and thanks for listening to our show here this morning on this Martin Luther King holiday. We're kind of focused on our schools and our parishes here this morning, which is a good focus to have. And uh, I'm pleased to be joined here on the second segment of the show uh, with Justin Lombardo. He is the Chief Human Resources and Staff Development Officer. How's that for a title? For the Archdiocese of Chicago. He's better known as the guy that's making sure that the kids are safe going back to school in my world. Justin, how are, how are you? I'm fine, Bob. Yeah, it's a mouthful. Hi, it, it your titles me, are ridiculous. <laughs> yes, it reminds me of the old days when I first started uh, my, my job career, my working career. Uh, we were told, remember, the longer the title, the less important. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. So yeah, yeah. But I am also the, uh, as you, you, you point out, Everybody just calls me the COVID guy. Yeah, okay, the yeah, I, 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 there you go. So as everybody I know, who knows me knows, I'm a regular reader of the Journal of Public Health and Management Journal. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it you is, want my job? <laughs> I've never heard of that, but I'm, it sounds good, and, and I'm, <laughs> it's a respected academic publication. Yes, and, I know it. I and, know the journal. And so we're here to talk about uh, an article that was co-authored by uh, somebody who I think people may, who may not recognize their name, but I'm sure they recognize their face, Dr. Allison Arwadi. She's the person on TV constantly talking about the coronavirus. She's the head of the Chicago Department of Public Health. Right. She co-authored this study, and um, it has a lot to do with the work that you have been leading um, at the Arch to help uh, children continue to learn in person during a pandemic, right. which is something I'm sure you've spent your whole life preparing for, as none of us have. <laughs> um, tell us, if you can, a little bit about the study that uh, that was put forth. So, um, you, you, and, and let's clarify. Um, uh, Dr. Arwadi co-authored it with um, Drs. Um, uh, Frischon and Sao. Okay. Uh, both of I them, uh, Michelle, or uh, I'm sorry, Marielle uh, Frischon and Jennifer Sao, both of whom are uh, senior uh, physicians in uh, uh, the Chicago Department of Public Health. Mm-hmm. And those two are, are actually our closest contacts. We work with the two of them um, almost daily. I'm either on phone contact or email contact with them, and they have been superb supports. So the, the study is really an observational model uh, study rather than mm. – uh, so I don't want people to become confused as if it, we, we did – um, you know, a double-blind yeah, study yeah, with a right, control group. It's right, not the same thing. Right. Um, so this study looked to say, okay, here's what we know about what seems to be, what, se- what, what are mitigation strategies that seem to quell the infection rate of the virus. How then can you use and apply those, and can you, in a in-person learning environment Hmm. so that children and staff can be safe for in-person learning. So if you look at what the study was really about, it was saying, here's what we know. Here are our classic mitigation strategies. We also know uh, that that the uh, uh, American Academy of Pediatrics has said since last summer, get kids in school. Right. Otherwise, you hurt their development. So both those, and you see the tension of that in the study uh, as, as you look at it, that, that they're saying, hey, you've got two competing goods. You've got the good of the mm-hmm. development of the kids, but also uh, the safety of everybody because of this right. horrific virus. And so what do you do? So they looked at us as a model, saying, how did we apply it? Uh, because we began working with them very early on, and we are, I believe, either the largest or one of the largest private school systems 
that went to immediately to reopening our schools. For so our goal was in-person learning, and I think we were either the largest or second largest in the U.S. of private school systems to do that. And I want to make a differentiation. So I think the the, the critical thing here is. Um, I don't want to see us getting into a comparative thing about uh, the public school systems and the yeah, Catholic school sure. system, because right. the systems have different characteristics. They're very different. Exactly. Yeah. So, so we are the Catholic school system. We're large. And so they, since they knew they were working with us and actually helped us early on look at and develop our safety protocols and our mitigation strategies, they came and said, how's it going? How's it working? And what can you tell us? about yeah. how it's how well it's worked. How did you guys develop those practices? That's 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 really kind of the 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 million dollar question. So we looked at we looked at what we knew. We looked at the mitigations and and we looked at what the data were from uh CDC, the IDPH Illinois Department of Public Health, as well as our local uh uh department Chicago. of departments of public health. Well, we looked at Chicago, we looked at Cook County, and we looked at Lake County. And sort of said, "All right, so what? What? What are we being told? Well, we were being told uh, that that you, you you have to create social distance, you have to mask. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. IDPH said you have to take temperatures if you want kids in, mm-hmm. and do that. So we looked at all that data um, and all those practices and said, okay, how do we then create a guide for constructing that safe learning environment in Catholic schools? And and and." Uh, you know, one of the questions that came up right away is, okay, should we should we really dedicate ourselves to getting the kids back in school? Really? You know, mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure, you know, and a lot of people said mm-hmm. that, should, you know, wouldn't it be safer to keep them out? Well, again, you're really working, Bob, as you know, with competing goods there. Yep. Um, uh, we, we surveyed our parents, and they said 87% of them said they want the kids in school. Right. I remember talking to Jim Rigg about that early yeah, on, and yeah. he said, this is what they want. This is what they want. Right. And, but that's not the only thing. I'm, I'm sorry, let me mm-hmm. just finish, and then we can no, go on. But, go. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not the only, the, the only guide there, because that, that, that would be insufficient for a, um, a Catholic school system, just the, the, that the only guiding principle was what the parents wanted. The other thing was what, uh, as I mentioned, the American Academy of Pediatrics told us uh, and told the world. That, that it's it's not good for development for the kids to be out. And then the third thing is looking at our mission as schools representing the Catholic Church. And we have a mission in the Archdiocese to give witness to the gospel, to create disciples. These are critical things that we need to do in the Catholic schools, and it's really hard to look after that spiritual development of the kids if they're remote. So all those things together told us we need to develop things uh, uh, for the schools and the parishes. And so we developed, we developed the guidelines, but then we had to develop a system to help the schools. It's, it's no good simply to throw. And by the way, we followed a similar process with our parishes, which we opened before the schools. So you can't just throw out guidelines and say, oh, by the way, open your mailbox, uh, your email box, and read the guidelines and have a nice day. Go set up your school. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we created teams. Uh, from the central office of Catholic schools and the archdiocese generally to help principals understand what the guidelines were, how to set things up. We created certification processes for the schools, the parishes, and the church, um, and the schools. And any time we had to deviate from the guidance at all, the guidelines, we had hired uh, to work with us 
two professors of infectious disease medicine from uh, in the Chicago area. They're faculty members um, at, at the Feinberg School of Medicine. Uh, both, I think, are associate professors, um, as well as practicing uh, infectious disease doctors who were immersed in this in this topic. Um, they both, by the way, were parents of school-age children. Mm -hmm. So we thought that was the that was the right profile to get. The the, the I'm I'm more familiar direct personal experience with with the, the protocols as you go to, mm -hmm. to mass than I am with with the school. Right. But I, I will tell you, I, I've said to friends of mine, I think the safest place to be is in a Catholic church. I, <laughs> I I think it's been excellent. I mean, it it's it's it, at least at my parish, I can't say enough good things about it. Do I like it? No, of course I don't like it. Right. But I, we have to recognize what's going on around us. And 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 I I can't I I say to people all the time, there's no excuse not to go to church. It's the safest place that I think you can be it's they're very cognizant of, of what's going on but it's not like at least um, I go to St. Julian's it's not like so kind of is a bad word it's not so burdensome that that you get put off by it you have to recognize yeah you have to distance but it's no big deal I mean it, it's very well done and I think you people you know they spray your hands and walk in before communion and everything right. seems to be everybody's got masks on no one seems to be bucking the system people are people are kind about it it's 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 been very good I'm, I'm very pleased the way it's on, at least well, in the parishes on a personal level. That's good. That's good to hear. And, you know, again, with the parishes, it was the same thing. We set up safety committees in the parish. Right. And, and one of the benefits of this, and, and I've got to say there's very few benefits in a pandemic, but one of the benefits were we engaged lay leaders in the parish in, to really take yeah. on a large part of the responsibility for doing this. And the response in most parishes was wonderful to see. It, yeah, I, um, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, to see... To see uh, uh, it, it said to me as I watched it, because we visited parishes as well to certify them, as I watched that, I went, you know, anybody who ever questioned whether or not the Catholic laity own their church, look at these people. That's a good point. Yeah. It was you the know? laity that did it. If you see, yeah, exactly. I mean, right. it was the laity. It was the laity that did it. And they wanted to be there, and they wanted to make it safe for others to come. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And by the way, I would extend to say that Many of our teachers, the vast majority of our teachers and administrators, had that same sense about their children in school. Yeah, that's our terrific. Our teachers wanted to teach. Uh, the vast majority. Now, some, you know, there was publicity, and and some didn't. Some were fearful. No, that's perfectly right. Perfectly legit. Yeah, right. Um, but the vast majority have been in the classroom from day one, working. They were jittery the first couple days, and who isn't? I remember the first time they lifted. Right. Remember when they lifted the. Uh, stay-at-home order, yep. and for the first time, people could go back to the grocery stores right. or go out for walks. That was scary. Yep. That was scary for, for many, everybody. For many. But you get over mm -hmm. it. Right. Um, so, so anyway, that's, that's what we do. Now, the, the other thing to get back to the schools, and the article pointed this out, and it's really important, it's not just setting up the, uh, the, the uh, mitigation strategies and then just walking away and say it's one and done. It's not. Mm -hmm. These are constantly monitored constantly adjusting to new uh, guidance we get, to, to the new science that comes out. Revised. Uh, right. right, revised. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, quarantine times. Right now I'm, uh, we're dealing with, our task force is dealing with a change in the quarantine guidelines post-travel. Right. So that means we have to look, but it applies differently to adult situations than it does to classrooms. So, you know, we have to do this. So there's that. You have to constantly be vigilant and constantly be in contact with the scientific experts. And I will say 
uh, and this is a shout-out to Dr. Arwadi and um, uh, Dr. Frischone and Dr. Sao, as well as our colleagues, Dr. Rachel Rubin at the Cook County uh, Department of Public Health and several of our colleagues at Lake County, that they have been partnered with us from the very beginning. And that makes all the difference uh, for this. And down to now, we did our part. We've hired a team of people that trace exposures and cases, both in our parishes and in our schools. So we are vigilant. And I think the, the, uh, the, the study, the brief study, uh, pointed that out. We quarantine children immediately if they're in contact, if they meet the definition of close contact with a positive case. The child is out. The child is required to go to remote learning for the 14 days of exposure. If a teacher or staff member or student is in the classroom and they are positive, then the whole cohort, and we worked cohorts, and that's right. an important concept as well. Yep. We don't have kids moving around. Right. They're, so, in, they're in that classroom. They right. don't intermingle like with each other. Right. This is who you got. <laughs> that's right. It's like the military. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. exactly. This is look it. around, look to your right and your right. left. These are now your best buddies right. for every day, for every activity. Right, right. exactly. Um, and so that allows us to move quickly and keep track of this. We, we, I've got to say, you know, we sometimes have unhappy parents who say, well, it wasn't that big of a deal. It's like, well, but it's still here are the, here are the mitigation strategies, so there is a quarantine. And what we found and what the, what the study also found, which I think is, is wonderful, is that we've had cases in schools, which we knew we were going to, yep. as we did in parishes. But guess what? The transmission rate of in-school transmissions appears to be exceptionally low. If you read the study carefully, they talk about two metrics there, right? The first one is how many times were there more than one case within a cohort or a school? That's a, it's, it's a, a decent-sized number. But then the second measure is how many times can those be traced to in-school transmission? And that's where our numbers are very small. Good. The vast majority, over 97% of our positive cases in our schools and churches are related to outside activities. That's Acti what we were hearing. Right. Yeah. And, and yep. that really, to your point early on, the two safest places to be right now are Catholic churches or Catholic schools. That's ter yeah, it's great to hear. That's a great message. It's a great message. Um, so it seems um, communication was a big factor, too, in terms of just keeping everybody apprised about what was going on and keeping make sure that the teachers were aware of it and the parents right. and everybody kind of had the same uh, same information. And and I think what you're saying is that overall this th this has gone very well. I remember at the beginning of this uh, talking to Dr. Rigg a few times and, you know, him saying, well, you know, we're, we're, we hope to get to, you know, <laughs> hope to get to the fall. Hope right. to get we're to whatever. Try. That's we're right. Gonna we're going to try. We exactly. and, and I'll tell you, it's funny. I did not call Dr. Rigg for the longest time because I figured, you know, I didn't want to jinx it. We're doing well. Right. So exactly. I, I mean, if there's no, I don't hear it anything. And we would hear periodically of incidents. I can tell you my own parish, one of the priests got it. So we had to close down. We couldn't have mass right. for two weeks. And, and, he, and he got it from 
not anybody at our parish, but he got it from an outside source. And so, right. yeah, but we dealt with it and two weeks went on and, and we're back to normal. So it can happen. And I think this has been a great uh, learning opportunity for all of us to to know that I think what you started saying at the beginning is we start out on our mission and keeping that in mind and keeping in mind our obligation um, to keep parent, kids safe, uh, continue learning. And, you know, with a little divine intervention, son of a gun, we, 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 it looks like we're going to be okay. I, I mean, God willing, we're not there yet, but I think there's light at the end of the tunnel. Exactly. And what's the, what's the, uh, the, uh, the great old adage from, uh, from your mouth to God's ears? Exactly. I exactly. Think that's, uh, I exactly. think that's exactly it. Exactly. And the other group that I, I want to highlight, too, uh, Bob, and I apologize for interrupting you, but no. um, <laughs> our parents and the families, by and large, have been exceptionally cooperative. Yeah. None of this would work without them. Yeah. And I understand how frustrating it gets for them, and, and it's, it's a big decision to say, am I willing to risk my child going back into a classroom? Yeah. You know, so along yeah. with the teachers and the staff, it's been good. So. Justin, thanks so much for taking some time this morning. Very informative. Uh, like I said, I mean, what is today? January, uh, we're mid-January. January 15th. We can see exactly. the light at the end of the tunnel. Keep in there. Do, keep doing what you're doing. And uh, we, I think we're going to be okay. I can't believe I'm saying that. Let's hope, we, let's, let's <laughs> hope it happens. I think we will, too. Good. Thanks for having Thank me. Thank you. Thank you so much. Justin Lombardo from the, uh, well, we read his title earlier. He's responsible for uh, trying to keep these kids safe and back and in school. This is Bob Gilligan of the Catholic Conference. Don't go away. We're right back. We're going to talk about uh, some good legislation that passed in Springfield this lame duck session. Uh, it's regarding uh, putting some restrictions on predatory, predatory loans. I can say that. Don't go away. We're right back.